I'm your health coach, Melissa Lee. Here at Thriving with Nourishment Health, I provide women with the resources to reclaim fertility and celebrate periods through the lens of functional medicine. It is time to empower ourselves with natural solutions over band-aid medicines. We will get to the root cause of symptoms to see the bigger picture. Let us find the ability to heal ourselves, get back to Mother Nature, and live in a healthier world. Hi everyone, say hi to Moni Cormack. She's a qualified nutritionist holding a Bachelor of Health Science. Her journey into specializing into women's health and fertility has been very much influenced by her own experience with infertility. She's now a mother of two identical twin boys. Monique's approach to nutrition is practical, realistic, and easily adaptable to any lifestyle. So I found Monique through her recipe blog, Nourish Every Day, and I'm so excited because I'm finally meeting her, and I wanted to have her on the show because her content was genuine and valuable. So welcome, Monique. Thank you for having me. Um, so, you know, I just wanted to know, like, what was your own journey like with infertility? Like, if you could just, you know, walk through like the different stages that you were going through and, and, you know, how you got to where you are right now. Um, yeah, sure. So my experience with started after I came off um, the contraceptive pill. So I'd been on the pill for a long time, um, probably close to 10 years. And oh, wow. I went off the pill, not with the aim of getting, not with the aim of getting pregnant right away, um, but just more to see how my body would respond and, you know, whether it would sort of recalibrate and I would get my period back. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason I was curious about doing that at the time was because I'd previously suffered from um, disordered eating a few years before that. And although I was largely weight restored, I was worried about my menstrual cycle and my fertility. Um, I decided to go off the pill just before I got married because I was thinking, you know, it might take some time for my period to come back. And eventually I'd want to start a family after I got married. So I wanted to sort of get that ball rolling. Um, and basically what happened with me is that I went off the pill and my period just didn't come back. So I waited a few months and I thought that's probably normal. It's okay. And then I waited a few more months and then, you know, a month became six months and that became a year mm. and that became, you know, 18 months. And um, during that time I was getting married and then moving overseas to live in London. And so I didn't really focus on it. I just kind of, I guess, vaguely hoped that it would but after I got settled down um, in my new job and in my new city I decided to go and have some investigations um, taken mm -hmm. just to see what was happening with my fertility yeah and after having those investigations with an endocrinologist I was diagnosed with hypothalamic amenorrhea which is basically when your brain decides to tell your ovaries not to ovulate, so not to have a menstrual cycle because you're underweight or you're not eating enough or you're too stressed or a combination of all of those things. So basically overtraining, underfueling, stress, um, those sorts of um, those sorts of factors. Mm -hmm. So I was given that diagnosis and I guess 
I didn't really, I don't think I really addressed my needs fully for quite a while after I was first told that, like I thought, okay, I just need to make a couple of changes and it'll come back. And so like I cut back a little bit on exercise and ready to have a baby. And I kind of just kept hoping that my period would come back. And to be honest, that probably went on for like two or three years before I really stood up and did something about it and actually tried to properly recover my hormones wow and yeah unfortunately for me Mm -hmm. I probably yeah yeah it's a long time it's a long time so this is all happening over like yeah like three or four years and I guess it took it took until that long for my husband and I just to decide that we wanted to start a family like keep in mind we'd gotten married we moved overseas we were traveling traveling a lot we were working a lot and these things bothered me like they did but I also had a lot of competing priorities and I cared about it, but I didn't make it my number one priority. And for me, I think I really had to. And by the time I was ready to make it my number one priority, like kind of like a lot of things I do, I was like, okay, I want to do this hundred percent. I'm ready to have a baby. And my body was like, well, you don't have a period yet. So that kind of kickstarted a lot of more fertility investigations and ultimately ended up with me being really I guess really sad and really anxious that I wasn't going to be able to conceive a child and we ended up um, seeking out assisted reproductive technology to have children mm-hmm. initially so yeah um, that was sort of that's my experience with infertility uh, it was something that I knew was going to be an issue after I went off the pill didn't really address it for a couple of years and then when I didn't address it I got so pretty sad and pretty frustrated and I ended up using um yeah assisted reproduction so that's ovulation induction and then IVF um to conceive my uh twin boys I'm so glad that you you know are sharing your story um it's funny because you know there are some women who go off the pill and they're like super easy to get pregnant you know like the next month or so and then there you know there are women like really struggling to get their periods back like um you yourself and um you know it's spurred into hypothalamic amenorrhea um so i'm really glad you shared that and i'm so happy now that you have your two twin boys which is really cute um and so i'm guess i guess um what spurred you into helping women now about fertility and nutrition was it just solely from your own experience like you wanted to you know empower women about um how to optimize their fertility um yeah it was a couple of things i guess i should probably finish off my um fertility story by explaining that um what happened is that I did end up conceiving my children via IVF, but since having them, I've actually, I actually kept working on myself and kept making changes and trying to improve my hormones and I actually have a natural cycle. Oh, nice. So I That's didn't get awesome. it until after I had my children, which mm-hmm. um, can sometimes happen. So, you know, I didn't want to leave everyone on this note where I sort of said oh I got so frustrated and impatient that my cycle wasn't turning and then I just did IVF and that's how it ended it didn't like I you know I wouldn't be me that's just not the way I am like I knew that I could still keep working on it and I feel like the reason I probably didn't get my period back before I had my kids is because 
I just ended up putting myself under so much stress wanting to have a baby that I actually think that was the biggest thing holding me back from getting my cycle before I had children was the fact that I really so desperately wanted to have a baby that it became a new source of stress for me and I Mm -hmm. think that that was probably one of the most significant factors of me not getting my period back before I had my children Um, whereas obviously you know I hadn't once I had my children like that source of stress like my life changed and that source of stress was taken away from me you know and I was so lucky to have my kids like it doesn't matter how I you know it doesn't really matter how I got them they're here they're Mm -hmm. wonderful so I think once that obstacle was removed I was actually able to sort of relax and actually address my health and I think that's actually why I managed to get a natural menstrual cycle after my children Mm. um anyway um but you were asking why um what sort of spurred me into doing this um look I guess I've actually probably always had an interest in health and nutrition I just didn't know how to know where I was going to direct that and then certainly my own experience with infertility with contraceptive pill use with hypothalamic amenorrhea whether or not you want to get pregnant or your period back all of that definitely drove me towards wanting to specialize in women's health and in particular in fertility and um, you know fertility related disorders like um, hypothalamic amenorrhea or polycystic ovarian syndrome and things like that so yeah it's um it's sort of definitely been a driving factor, but underlying all that has been a sort of general interest in nutrition as well. Nice. So yeah, I feel like you're, you know, you're someone who has experienced and gone through, you know, some of the struggles that women have gone through. You've also been on the pill and you've also, um, you know, managed to get your natural cycles back even um, after giving birth to your children. So I feel like you are a representative of like, you know, all the struggles and also the achievement that women go through. Um, and so, you know, when it comes to like preconception care, because I know you see clients for like, um, you know, for fertility, um, what is the biggest misconception that you see with women when it comes to preconception care? I would have to say the biggest misconception is the need to eliminate everything when you're trying to get ready to have a baby. So like I would say that pretty much nearly every client that I see actually for preconception comes under the impression that their fertility would be improved by removing something from their diet. So, you know, the common things are like, eliminate dairy Mm -hmm. eliminate gluten you can't have any soy products um those are probably the big ones but you know there are certain can't have red meat or you should have red meat or you can't have eggs or you should have eggs and there's so much there there are quite a lot of should and shouldn't haves when it yeah when it comes to preconception and I think you know at the end of the day people just want to feel confident that they're doing the right thing like they're getting ready to have a baby and they want to do it the right way and if somebody tells them that something is potentially dangerous or potentially helpful you know it's no wonder that you would try and follow that advice because it makes it easier like if you just get to focus on things to eliminate or things to like you know it's so much easier because you're like oh I just have to go on this special diet and this is really helpful whereas the truth is that usually more often than not restricting foods can 
not be like it may not directly harm fertility but can it can be detrimental because you're just limiting where you can get your nutrients from mm, I see okay um and then so I think you know some people here will be asking like okay if I have like an intolerance or if I have some gut issues uh you know wouldn't eliminating some food groups be helping them for fertility wise well I think broadly speaking that Mm -hmm. food intolerances are often self-diagnosed, probably influenced by reading articles or hearing bits of advice from friends or family um, or symptoms which actually are normal, like bloating after a meal like it's actually quite normal to be bloated at certain points in the day because your stomach expands when you eat food Mm -hmm. um I think if you suspect that you have multiple food intolerances and you're looking to improve your fertility the first thing to do is actually to go and see a professional so you know a nutritionist or a dietitian that's qualified and explain your food intolerances and address them first so they are a separate issue Mm. to optimizing fertility Mm -hmm. so food intolerance suspected food intolerances food allergies any sort of guts you know gut symptom that is enough to affect your day-to-day life should be addressed as part of your preconception care it is once those are addressed then you can focus on what the best fertility diet looks like for you. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, every food intolerance is made up, but I do think that they are largely self-diagnosed and sometimes misinterpreted. So, Mm -hmm. for example, a lot of people think that, um, so a lot of, uh, IBS is a very common condition. So irritable, irritable bowel syndrome is a common condition and that can give people uncomfortable gut symptoms it can be really debilitating for some people who have severe IBS and IBS can be managed through um, good dietary planning and working with a professional but even IBS doesn't mean that you cut out entire food groups it means that you may have certain trigger foods and you manage those but all in all like the aim of living with IBS is to have an inclusive diet and include as many foods as possible not restrict total food groups so Honestly, when optimizing fertility, unless you have a food allergy, like for example, celiac disease, unless you have something like that, there is often very little reason that you would exclude a whole food group. And if you're looking to get pregnant, including as many foods as possible is actually optimal for pregnancy. So if you look at things like you want to reduce the risk that your child is going to have allergies um, and you want them to experience sort of as broad um, an exposure as possible to different foods in utero, then Mm -hmm. you should be eating as wide a variety of food as possible because that's actually where we start with reducing infant allergy risk is exposure. So you can start that with your maternal diet by being super inclusive rather than being exclusive. Um, And when you go and look at the evidence, there is very little to no evidence that restricting food groups actually helps fertility at all. 
I like that. I think it's very, um, it's like a refreshing perspective. And also what you said about like, you know, um, self-diagnosing. I think sometimes we are also really influenced by like people around us or like the marketing that we see. And um, yeah, I guess I, um, I think that's like really nice to be aware of. So, you know, speaking of food groups, uh, I'm really interested to know um, how can women prepare for pregnancy in terms of nutritional needs and lifestyle strategies? So, um, in order to prepare for preconception, I, when I work with somebody, I guess I try and go through a couple of key priorities and they will would be what I would work through. So my first priority would be making sure that um, a balanced diet is balanced when it comes to fertility nutrients. So making sure that they're getting in enough of some really important nutrients for fertility. So things like folate, which is really important for egg quality and also important for reducing the risk of birth defects. Iodine, which is really important for thyroid health. Um, vitamin B12 and iron, which are important for our blood cells and our immunity, our energy levels, mm -hmm. um, things like omega-3 fatty acids, which can also help um, promote fertility through improving egg and sperm quality. So looking at some of their micronutrients and making sure that those are balanced and that they're getting enough. The second thing that I would be doing is looking at, now this is something I'm looking at making sure that person is in good hormonal health and is at a healthy weight for them. So what I mean by that is not that they meet a certain BMI or something like that, but more that they are eating well, they're exercising a reasonable amount, so they're exercising a bit but not too much, um, that they're at a weight where we can see that their hormones are in check, you know, they're ovulating, their cycle is regular. So looking at markers like that. Mm -hmm. um, the third thing I would do is look at exposure to toxins and substances that can affect fertility in a negative way. So then I'd be looking at things like um, exposure to caffeine, alcohol, smoking, um, plastics and mercury. So looking at things that can harm fertility. And then the fourth priority that I'd be looking at with preconception care is getting on the right prenatal supplements to suit that individual. So they're kind of like the four things that I work through with people who are trying to optimize their diet for um, a pregnancy. Nice. I think that covers like a... Which is quite a lot. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it covers like um, a really, really big spectrum, but it's really important too. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess when I, yeah, when I work with people, like we, we don't do it all at once. We kind of take it like step by step, but I do try and take like nutrition is definitely my number one focus, but I guess, you know, I would probably take a, you know, a somewhat a holistic approach to preconception care and make sure we're covering it off from all angles. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's not just about taking a certain supplement and it's, you know, it's not just about one thing. It's about taking a step back and looking at yourself as a whole and yeah. And then taking small steps to sort of optimize your fertility. So, you know, you were, you mentioned the first thing was like the nutrients, um, what about, you know, what about talking about certain like food groups? Like I've, I've come across like, you know, um, like red meats, like really good and like whole uh, full fat dairy is really good for like fertility. Um, what do you think about those? 
Um, in terms of food groups, primarily, look, I find it really difficult to ever pinpoint a particular food group as being pro-fertility, like as in helping fertility, because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, the most important thing you can do for fertility is actually to achieve a balance. Like if you think about the concept of improving your fertility, trying to improve your body so that you can have a baby, you're trying to basically create an entire human being. So a human being has so many different nutritional needs that one food or one food group can't meet that. That's why we're encouraged to have like this diverse dietary intake like we need carbohydrates and we need proteins and we need um, antioxidants like fruit and vegetables and we need fats like we need so many different things so to say that oh you know one food group is really going to be beneficial for fertility is difficult because lots of different foods or food groups are important you kind of just need to have them all so I guess if I had to pick out a couple of things that I find to be really helpful for fertility um, I would say having choosing whole grain carbohydrates so that's like things like brown rice or wholemeal pasta or like grainy bread um, or like rolled oats and things like that Mm -hmm. that is beneficial for fertility rather than choosing like refined grains Um, I would say regularly consuming fish and seafood is beneficial for fertility like when you're looking at choosing proteins trying to incorporate some uh, fish into your dietary regularly like so a few times a week is beneficial mm-hmm. and I would say that um, look basically having vegetables every day and as many different <laughs> colors as possible is really beneficial right. for fertility and I know that sounds so basic and we have to have a little gig you know where I am in Australia like i I don't even think like a third of Australians meet the recommended serves of fruit and vegetables. So we might have a giggle at it, but the reality is that the majority of people you meet don't even eat the recommended amounts of fruit and vegetables and they like a source of antioxidants. So plants are our best source of antioxidants. We know that antioxidants are beneficial for egg quality, sperm quality, you know, that's their foundational elements for making your baby. So yeah, it sounds basic, but uh, fruit and veg uh, all the way for fertility as well. So like I said, it's really hard to pinpoint a particular food group. It's actually about getting those food groups in balance. Yeah, I like that. I think having like, you know, as much as as much food as you say as possible and also many colors. I recently, you know, talked about adding like, you know, red, having the rainbow onto your plate and that would help your gut be very diverse and that can you know push Mm -hmm. your health towards a more optimal state so I'm really really glad you brought that up um so that's awesome I feel like we covered a lot of like the strategies and the foods um and then also you know what women have to be aware when it comes to preconception care so you know if someone's listening to this and they want to work with you where can they find you Um, so the best place to find me, um, if you want to know more about me and how I work, you can just go to my website, which is just moniquecormack.com. And that's got all the information about working with me, what I do. You can read some of my blog posts. If you're just looking for some general information about fertility and pregnancy, there are a couple of articles on there um, about some popular questions that I'm often asked. Or you can come and find me on Instagram. So my handle on there is 
Monique Cormack Nutrition, just all one word. Um, and I'm always posting fertility, pregnancy, fertility uh, cycle related information, um, all of that stuff. Um, I'm always doing Q&A, so you're welcome to submit a question and yeah, we can connect on there. Sounds awesome. I'll definitely link all of that in the show notes and also, you know, some little tidbits of what we talked about. Um, thank you for coming on the show. It's so exciting to have you. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me.